0: To all who come to this happy place, welcome. This is the Disney Buzz Podcast, and I am your host, Cam, and today I am joined by my partner, Christy. Hello! On today's episode, we will be giving a review on our December 2022 trip to Walt Disney World, and we hope that by listening to this podcast, you are able to experience the Disney magic with us. So this is part two to our 2022 trip to Disney World that we took in December. On the last episode we talked about our arrival day and the first two days that we spent in the park. And today we're going to be talking about our last two days in the park as well as our resort hopping day. So let's just jump right into it. The fourth day of our trip, we started at animal kingdom. And I know in the last episode, we talked a lot about the bus transportation system and things like that, that were going on Mm -hmm. now from the Swan and dolphin, which is where we were staying, which is in the Hollywood studios and Epcot resort area. We hopped on a bus. Now this bus is through Mears, not through Walt Disney World. And we hopped on a bus and we went to Animal Kingdom. Now in the last episode, we discussed kind of different ways that you can go about this bus system, but from the Swan and Dolphin to Animal Kingdom, we both think that taking the bus system from Swan and Dolphin is the best option.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So we took the bus from there and we actually met a really cool family on the bus. I know that you were excited to kind of talk about them
1: yeah um they're super fun it was two parents and their kids um and we bonded with them so much that we decided to be a party of five in line um so cam me my brother um the dad and his son as we um rope dropped flight of passage where we definitely lost them in the security line but they caught up with this later and we were so happy that they did
0: Yeah. And so whenever we rope drop Animal Kingdom, we almost always tend to go to Flight of Passage. Now, in the past, we have done Expedition Everest and kind of done the right side of the park. But I think of all things that are in this park, Flight of Passage is probably going to be the one that you want to rope drop the most. But especially it was the one that we wanted to do because Avatar The Way of Water had just come out. So we knew that we'd see a little bit of a rise in the wait times. And we definitely did. Even with rope dropping, I think we waited for like two hours.
1: Yeah, it was a really long wait. Like we had a lunch reservation at Yak and Yeti, which we'll get to in a little bit. Um, And we... where, Where did the line start? It was...
0: Yeah, so we were... If you're looking at Animal Kingdom, like on a bird's eye view map, Flight of Passage is kind of in like the back left corner. And we got roped and we got wrapped all the way around to almost to where the festival Lion King is in Africa.
1: You're right. You're right. Yeah. We kind of started back there. And what they do is there's not even like a real median in that line. You have to kind of like stay to the right side, go all the way around and come back that other side and then go through the normal queue. And then there's a spot where you have to stop for traffic a couple times and things like that.
0: Yeah. So the line can get pretty long for this one, but I'm glad we did it when we did, because while we were there, I saw the wait time get up to like, 200 minutes, which is insane.
1: And for cam, it's definitely a must do, um, hot take. I could pass on the flight of passage.
0: You're, I you're crazy.
1: <laughs> I don't really care for it that much. I'd rather ride Soren or something like that.
0: That's ridiculous.
1: Yep. Well, it's just my opinion and I do it for you.
0: Well, thank you. But we ended up Missing our Genie Plus reservation to Kilimanjaro safaris. That's
1: right.
0: Because we did have, I want to say it was about a 10 o'clock return time for that. From No, it was from 9 to 10. And the park opened at 8 and we were in line for that entire time to where we did not get to ride the safari with your parents through Genie Plus.
1: That's right. Yeah, because Cam, me and my brother, rope dropped really early and my parents were tired. So they came in um, a little casually later because they knew we had that lunch reservation and, um, the genie plus reservation as well. And so my parents did write it without us while we were still in line for the flight of passage.
0: Yep. And that's easy to do if you have to miss one. So we made sure that they got checked in and they were good. And then we just went ahead and canceled our genie plus lightning lane for the safari. We did end up booking it for later that day around one o'clock and it worked out really well. Actually, it was sad that we couldn't ride it with your parents, but overall everything kind of worked out well. So after we got off of Flight of Passage, we pretty much booked it to Yak and Yeti because we had a 1035 lunch reservation for Yak and Yeti, and it was amazing.
1: It was definitely one of the big reservations that I was looking forward to because I had eaten there in the past, but I honestly didn't really remember it.
0: Yeah, and I've actually never eaten there before. I think I've done the quick service, maybe, but I have never been in the restaurant before sitting down and eating. So I was extremely excited for this one.
1: Yes, and I was extremely excited for our appetizer, the ahi tuna nachos.
0: They are awesome. I could have totally just ordered like two of those and made that my entree. Now, one one would totally feed one person, but they were just so good, I wanted more.
1: (laughs) Cam might or might not have linked the plate at the end.
0: Yeah, they're awesome. And that is sushi-grade ahi tuna with Asian slaw, crispy fried wontons as your nacho chips with... Wasabi and a sweet soy glaze, and they are amazing. I cannot wait to go back for more. My mouth is watering right now just thinking about them.
1: (laughs) And I love raw tuna. Like whenever we have the chance to get sashimi or sushi of some sort, I love raw tuna. So this on top of nachos with all those flavorful sauces and spices was just phenomenal.
0: And the wonton chips. (laughs) Oh my gosh. They were amazing. It, It is just like this massive piece of art that is so delectably delicious.
1: And don't worry. We got some photos and videos.
0: Now, we were also really excited for this reservation at this restaurant because we both are members of the Disney's Day Drinker Club, which is a group on Facebook. It is a quote-unquote private group, but it's really to get in. It's got probably like 50,000, 60,000 members.
1: Yeah. Shout out to D3.
0: Yes. So they actually have a secret menu at the bar. And to ask for the secret menu, you must have the password. Now, we're not going to tell you on this podcast because that goes against the D3 way. (laughs) <laughs> so that means that you need to go on Facebook, look up Disney Day Drinkers Club, join it, and then you can find the podcast there. Just search in the top bar, search in the thread, look up password, and I'm sure you will you will find it. And the drinks were awesome.
1: Yeah, which also the password changes periodically. So you think you know it once, maybe by the time Kim and I go to Disney World next, it's not even going to be the same thing.
0: Possibly, possibly. We'll see about that. But it was really awesome because whenever we walked up to the bar... Well, first we sat down and we asked the bartender for the secret menu. And she's like, you have to go to the bar for that. So we walk up to the bar Mm -hmm. and we asked the bartender for the secret menu. And it was so funny because like we had that entire interaction and there was a waitress picking up drinks from the bar and she just like witnessed the entire thing. And she was, I think, kind of amazed, but astonished. She was like, what in the world even is this?
1: (laughs) I know. You think you know Disney and then there's like another thing that goes on.
0: So it was it was really good. And the drinks, they were fantastic. So the drink that I went with, it was the Nepalese Nectar, and that was tequila with orange liqueur, ancho chili liqueur, sour mix, spices. And I had it served as watermelon, and it was garnished with a lime with some really good spices on it.
1: And I had a drink called Base Camp. Um, probably, you know, obviously after the Expedition Everest kind of vibe and I'm a big gin and tonic girl. So of course it has gin, pear nectar, fresh lemon juice, and a splash of soda. So we really enjoyed um, our drinks there. We just kind of paid at the bar and went back to our table. And by the time that we had gotten back to our table, our appetizer had arrived. So it was all really good timing.
0: Yeah, it was. And those drinks, I mean, they were so good. This is actually kind of the first time I've ever had a spicy margarita. And I don't know if I want to go back to the sweet ones because it was so good.
1: Yeah, I think Cam, um, he'll mention at the end of this too, he's kind of into savory drinks at the moment.
0: I think so. But it was really funny because we were eating this food and, you know, it's an Asian inspired cuisine restaurant and the food's pretty spicy. So whenever I'd be eating all this food, I'd go to wash it down and I'd have a spicy drink. And so that was just, you know, kind of funny, something new for me to experience.
1: Yes. And speaking of food... Um, they have huge portions, just like a lot of the different restaurants in Walt Disney World. And I got the Sesame Noodle Bowl, which was um, like a seasonal item, like on the special menu. So it had egg noodles, red and green peppers, snap peas, be- bean sprouts, shaved carrots, um, and things like that. But halfway through, um, just as a family does, my dad and I switched Plates as he probably finished about half of his. He got the tiki um, chicken tiki masala, which is the boneless chicken breast marinated in yogurt and freshly ground herbs, cooked in a traditional masala sauce, jasmine rice, and garlic naan. So I got two dishes that day, um, which were both really, really yummy. Um, debatably, I liked the the tiki masala a little better, but my dad liked the sesame noodle bowl better. So we kind of kind of worked out
0: and I went with the Mongolian beef and this was another seasonal item on their rotating seasonal item menu and this was stir fry marinated beef broccolini peppers carrots and jasmine rice and this was amazing I think I had the best meal at the table
1: (laughs) actually I don't even remember trying it
0: well maybe I was a little bit too uh, selfish (laughs) to give it up
1: I know I think um, when the food's so good you can maybe get a bite but the rest is yours
0: Yeah, definitely. Now, after lunch, we were absolutely stuffed. So we figured with wait times kind of being high, it was getting close to that middle point of the day where most people are in the parks if they're coming there that might've slept in in the morning and didn't rope drop. So we decided to go and hit up some of the animal trails. So we finished up Gorilla Falls and then the Maharaja Jungle Trek. And I honestly think that if you're going to Animal Kingdom, that's just something you got to do. And I know we said that in the last episode, But it's just you kind of just got to go and look at all the animals and pay tribute to them.
1: I agree. Um, When I was a kid, um, my dad isn't too in the animal kingdom. So we kind of definitely made it a half day park. But since I've been going with Cameron, it's become a more full day park. And when there's a lot of crowds. A great thing to do is literally just walk through all those animal trails. It's such a fun experience. And, um, hopefully you can even see some of the animals that you would not see on the safari ride.
0: Yeah. So something I think that I really like about the jungle Trek and the gorilla falls is it's a different experience every single time you go, you know, like you go on flight of passage and I mean, I love it so much, but it is the same thing every time that you ride it. Now that might be changing with the way of water coming out. I know there's some rumors going around that they might update it. But you know what I mean. It's the same experience every single time. That is not the case whenever you have live animals involved. Yes. Every single time you go, something different is going to happen. Like this time we got to watch the little baby gorilla just the
1: baby gorillas They
0: are I mean, they are so adorable. And you just get to watch them play and interact with their mothers, and it's really amazing. Something that I could just sit and watch all day long. But it was so cute, you know. And Whenever we're going more and more, you can kind of see these animals growing up. And so it's so awesome to go back and see, oh, he's bigger than the last time we were here. And, you know, talk to cast members about that and things like that. So it's really awesome to do that. And at each of these animal attractions, like the main exhibit, there's always a cast member there that is just so extremely knowledgeable. Yep.
1: And you learn a lot about the animals and even just like the animals personalities that are there and how they interact with each other and things like that.
0: And, and I think that's the biggest thing is because like, yes, they do know all of the basic animal facts and some amazing things like that, but they have some emotional connection and attachment to every single one of these animals. They know them by their names. They know, who, you know, how each one of the gorillas interacts with one another. They know all of the different tigers and things like that. So it's really awesome to see. And just kind of, you can see how passionate each one of these cast members are with their animals. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So it's really awesome. So you have to do these jungle treks and these animals and go see them all.
1: Yeah. And when there's animals like dispersed throughout the park as well. Like my monkey.
0: Yes. Christy loves that little cotton-top monkey that's across from the Starbucks.
1: It's so cute.
0: It is very cute. So, you know, it's really cool to see that there's animals all over the park. So you just, you got to pay your dues. You got to pay your respects to them.
1: Just grab yourself a coffee or even an alcoholic beverage because you can carry that around. Um, And go walk around all these different places and look for the animals.
0: And another great way to experience the animals is... Kilimanjaro safaris now after canceling canceling our previous reservation we did book another one and I want to say it was about a one one o'clock 110 time ish so something that I notice whenever I am watching like videos on YouTube or listen to other podcasts everyone's like go in the morning and in the evening because that's when the animals are most active while that might be true I think the best time to go is in the middle of the day whenever they're feeding all of the animals lunch. Because they are always so active, and almost every single animal is out whenever that green truck's rolling around, <laughs> the giraffes know what it looks like, and there's fresh grass, fresh leaves out for them. I think that's the best time to go.
1: Yeah, I think the past couple times that we've been, we've been stopped by a giraffe.
0: Oh, every single time. just standing right there in the middle of the road. And of course, you know the drivers, they have to yield to the animals. So if it, that giraffe decides that it wants to stand there, it's gonna stand there and there's nothing we can do about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, and give you like the most horrifying look ever. Not
0: like, the not the giraffe. We'll we'll get to the animal that gives you the horrifying <laughs> looks in just a minute.
1: I, I mean the giraffe can give you a stare down though. It
0: definitely will stare you down. But you know, if it's standing out there too long, they will try and entice it with some food and things like that. But there was at one point on I think that this past safari that we went on was probably the longest one we've ever done. Whenever we got on, yeah, and by maybe the time, so by the time we got on, and by the time we got off. It was 36 minutes. That is so long. I feel like it's only supposed to be usually like 15 or 20. Wow. And that's that's because we got stopped by a giraffe, two giraffes that were standing right in the middle of the road, just looking at us. And that's where they wanted to be at that time.
1: Yeah. And a couple of the vehicles ahead of us got stopped by something too that we don't know.
0: Yeah. Probably the giraffes, but I I love going through the giraffes and seeing the Savannah and the wild African dogs and the zebras and the antelope. But (laughs) (laughs) it makes me laugh every time and this time it was scary we're rounding this corner and there's this hill going up to like this road going up hill that we can't see where it goes to probably probably for the food truck to go somewhere and here comes this massive ostrich it was running down the road (laughs) 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 and it was making a beeline for our truck I was really thankful that Jonathan was sitting on the right side of me because he was closer to the ostrich than I was. (laughs) I was kind of like pushing him uh, closer to it and me further away. It was scary. And that is the animal that will give you the stare down.
1: That's true. That's true. And like when we say this animal was running (laughs) down the hill, he was like going probably close to like – at least 15 miles per hour. He,
0: he was booking it. He, he had something in his mind about this truck at, for whatever reason that uh, he did not like. And I swear, he always comes up close to us. And I think he's just going to like peck my eyes out.
1: He's got a vengeance for you.
0: <laughs> Every time we go, that ostrich is just staring at the truck that we're in. And I'm like, this dude's about to peck my eyes out.
1: Yeah, so watch out for the ostrich when you uh, ride the Kilimanjaro Safari next.
0: But it was, it was a really great experience. We got to see the cheetahs all up and active. We got to see a hippopotamus out of water.
1: Yes, out of water. That's what I was going to say.
0: It is so rare that you see them out the water. Usually you just see these massive like bathtubs, these floating looking bathtubs in the water. But this one was out of the water. So it was really cool to see that. And you can see how big they are.
1: Yeah, and his cute little butt <laughs> and his tail.
0: We also got to see the rhinoceros and the baby rhinoceros. Probably more like a toddler at this point. But we also got to see the lion. So I think the best time to go is whenever everyone's eating because that's whenever the animals are just so active.
1: A factor that might also come into play is we did go when it was colder outside, so I'm thinking like potentially if you're going in the heat of the summer, maybe the morning or evening might be right, right. I the, think that would a good time. A factor. Yeah. And, but like, since it was really nice outside and overcast also, the animals were like more likely to be out um, in like the open space just because you don't have the hot sun beating down yeah, on
0: them. I think you make a really good point there. Absolutely. So after we got off the safari, we kind of walked around a couple of the shops and we were ready to head back to the room because we had Hollywood studios that night. So once again, we walked out into the parking lot, Got on the bus that took us back to the resort and I think we caught a quick nap in the resort because it was kind of raining at this time, a little bit, just a light sprinkle. Mm -hmm. And then we were ready to head to Hollywood.
1: Yep. And then that was just an easy walk or ferry right away. Yeah. I think
0: we did take a ferry just because it was kind of sprinkling, but it is, especially in the middle of the day like that, there's really hardly ever a long line to wait to get there. And with Hollywood Studios being the first stop coming from the Swan and Dolphin, it was it was a no brainer.
1: Cam and I took some pics while yeah, we were walk, there.
0: Walked around a rainy Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood Studios is awesome, especially at Christmas time. And I mean it was raining. I didn't care. I wanted to just be out there and just kind of take it all in, looking down Sunset Boulevard. Yep.
1: Listen to the music that's playing.
0: Hollywood Studios is such a vibe. I love that place so much. So we decided to walk around a little bit, check out the shops, and by this time the rain had pretty much all gone, which we really lucked out because it was kind of supposed to pour for almost the entire entirety of us being there that day. But we really lucked out, just got a light little sprinkle, walked through Toy Story Land, walked through Galaxy's Edge. And then we had a dinner reservation at Mama Melrose's Restaurante Italiano.
1: Yes, and this is a family favorite. We like to go there almost every time that we
0: are in Disney World. Which, by the way, if you have never been or watched Muppets 3D. You probably have never seen this restaurant before because it is so tucked away. It's back behind Pizza Rizzo behind the Muppets gift shop and it is right where you exit whenever you come out of Muppet Vision 3D.
1: Yeah, if if you haven't been to Disney or you have been to Disney in the past mm, 5 years, um but had not gone prior to that, you would have missed um, the whole section that used to be over there, which was themed after New York and you could walk down and that's where they used to uh, feature all of the, the snope as they call it. Um, And I remember as a kid, that's, that's a very vivid memory in my mind. But after they took that down, Mama Melrose truly does sit kind of randomly in that back alley there.
0: Yeah. And after they kind of closed down that, New York, uh, back lot experience kind of thing, and they opened it up for Galaxy's Edge. Mama Melrose's feels almost kind of like it's out of place with the theming. Uh, wh- what do you think about it? How would you describe the theme of Mama Melrose's?
1: Um, it it's like a hidden Italian restaurant in Brooklyn, and it was decorated for Christmas, so it was really nice. Um, you can see all of the pizza ovens up front and the ceiling is covered with like all these vines and stuff like that. And of course you have like your traditional picnic, um, like checkered white and red tablecloths and everything like that. So it's a really romantic kind of aesthetic type of vibe for your Italian dinner.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you said it pretty well. It's just very interesting You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, not to say it's not good at all. That's not what we're saying. It's just very different than kind of what we're used to.
1: Well, mm, and this restaurant does get a lot of hate because people call it like a glorified Olive Garden. And I don't know if I would agree with that. I think, I think it's really nice.
0: I think the reason they say that is because the menu is so similar to an Olive Garden.
1: I mean, what can you do? It's pasta.
0: Right, right. So,
1: But speaking of, that is exactly what I had for dinner. Um, First, we started with an entree. We got like just the meatball with marinara with the fresh ricotta and basil to share for the table. And then I got Mama's Italian pasta, um, which was fettuccine tossed with roasted tomatoes and garlic, artichokes and white wine sauce. Um, Because I had been eating so much food Towards the end of the trip, I was kind of going the vegetarian route um, because protein is so filling that I felt guilty not eating all of my meal. And so I was very happy going with the Italian pasta where it was literally just noodles with sauce and um, tomatoes on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) I had the oven baked chicken parmigiana and it was it was really good it was just your standard breaded chicken breast with marinara sauce topped with melt, melted mozzarella over spaghetti and it was really good chicken parmesan i mean i don't know if how it could have been much better than what it was i thought the chicken was very good i thought it was breaded very well and it was it was a great meal it really was and you get the the bread that comes with it with the good oil dipping sauces and everything so it's a really awesome restaurant
1: I agree. Um, So if you're looking for something kind of more on the Italian side that isn't like Pizza Rizzo um, in Hollywood Studios, then definitely try and make a reservation for Mama Melrose.
0: So after our dinner was over, we we were planning to go to the second showing of Fantasmic. Now, this is something that we were probably looking forward to the most on this trip, just because Fantasmic has been closed for so long. Now, on the day that we were going... And usually this will happen in the most like peak times uh, that people go to the park, but they will have two showings of Fantasmic. One, which is usually around that seven o'clock-ish, eight o'clock-ish time, if the park's closing at nine, and then they will have one right whenever the park closes. And that is the one that we went to. And that is the one that usually everyone suggests that you go to just because it is much less crowded because all Mm -hmm. of the younger ones will be going with their family to the first showing so they can go back and go to sleep and all of those things. But usually like the adults or the younger people, uh, but not as you know, not the toddlers, they're going to go to the second show. And I would say that, well, what do you think? Maybe 40% capacity in the amphitheater, maybe halfway full.
1: Um, I, I don't know i i think 50 or 60 when like by the time that it started but we this was a big priority for us so we definitely um did hop in line early so we got very central um spot to sit for the show
0: right and if you're traveling in a very small party like two or three people you can show up 10 or 15 minutes before the show second show time starts and you can get a seat in the middle like there were, it was 10 minutes from the show starting. And I mean, there were, I was looking across where we were sitting, there were still sections open. Now, maybe if you're traveling with a larger party, like eight or 10, maybe not, but that doesn't mean that you still can't get in because the show had already started. And I mean, there were still so many seats available.
1: Yeah. And we really, really enjoyed it. Um, just because they had all of the new additions and, um, I had not seen it in a long time and cam had not seen it in a long time where it was almost like completely new for him
0: yeah and i know in our first episode that's something that we talked about being really excited about and my speculation of me crying i did twice <laughs> the first time was during the frozen scene mm-hmm. just because they played the song show yourself and that is my favorite song from any of the frozen movies it is awesome
1: yes it is so dynamic and I'll be listening to it in the car and I'll start crying.
0: Yeah. It is an awesome song. So just like seeing that with it being so loud and the water going and seeing Elsa out there, it was awesome. And then of course, the second time I did cry was the very end where Mickey is up on the very tip top and it was, oh my gosh, just the music, the fireworks, just the atmosphere. It was awesome. Awesome. So after the show was over, it was time to head back to the resort. We walked back just because there was a longer line for the ferries. So we walked back just a quick 15, 20-minute walk. And it probably was closer to 20 minutes just because our feet were so tired. because <laughs> We'd been doing a park day all day long.
1: Walking back wasn't hard as as it could have been as well because we did take a nap. And comparatively to a lot of our other nights, it was still early.
0: Right. It was pretty early. And we had a very chill Night in Hollywood. Yes. Oh my gosh. I just forgot. We skip right over the cantina.
1: <gasps>
0: All right. So backtrack a little bit.
1: It's because you're not looking at your notes.
0: I know. Backtrack a little bit. After Mama Melrose's, <laughs> we went to the cantina because we had a reservation for the five of us to go there. And that is by far my favorite bar in this galaxy because it is so doggone cool.
1: <laughs> I I think it's really neat as well. Um
0: Man, why do you hate on everything that I like?
1: <laughs> I we're just different people, okay? You're a little bit more nerdy than I am. I I can I can appreciate it, but you know. But the drinks are good, they are expensive, but they're an experience in and of themselves. Right.
0: You're not only paying for the drink, but you're paying to be inside of the coolest bar ever.
1: And the cast members, especially at the bar, are really, really fun and all these interactive experiences. You got DJ Rex and everything like that.
0: And I think that's probably one of my favorite parts about the cantina is just the entire atmosphere there because you go in there and the bartenders make it such a lively experience and they're connecting with you and the people that's beside you and it kind of like just makes you want to talk to the people that, are, that you're around. And you have these drinks that just look so different than everything that you're used to. And they have different names. So you're like conversating with the people and saying, well, this is what I got. It kind of tastes like this and things like that. So I think that's just another reason why this bar is just, it just has such a community feeling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or you'll see it like down the bar and you're like, what is that? That's so cool. It's bubbling. Like that's crazy. And then you're like, can I get one of those? And then, you know, your tab goes up and up and up and up.
0: Now, speaking of drinks, I always have to start with the fuzzy Tauntaun. This is my absolute favorite cocktail ever, and it's Ciroc peach vodka, and it's got peach schnapps, orange juice with tangerine, pure cane sugar, and a buzz button tingling foam. And that foam is awesome. <laughs> it's made from this rare kind of Japanese flower, to where they turn it into this foam, and it gives your mouth this tingle in your lips, this tingling sensation. And then the drink just pairs so well with it. It is my favorite thing. So I always have to start with that one. And after that, I had the Dagobah Slug Slinger. And this was tequila, blue curacao liqueur, citrus juices, ginger, herbs, and bitters. And this was a really good drink. Had a very like green presentation to it, obviously, because it's coming from Dagobah. Everything there that you think of is very foresty. Very kind of earthy, and it 's really cool because whenever you get this drink, it comes from a tank where this alien is like sitting inside of it, and it looks like he 's producing this drink
1: it
0: 's it's so cool, but it was delicious, but I will still say that the fuzzy tonton is my favorite drink. <laughs>
1: And I got the yubnub, which usually comes in this really cool souvenir indoor mug. But because I love the drink so much and I didn't want to pay $46, um, I decided to get it without that mug. And of course, it's still really good. I love rum. So I got the yubnub, which has Malibu pineapple rum, Sailor Jerry Spice rum, citrus juices, and passion fruit and then I got
0: and just to be clear about the whole mug situation. So for the forty six dollars, it comes with the drink and the souvenir mug, and you keep the mug. Now, if you do not want to pay the forty six dollars and keep the mug, you can opt out for it, and it's going to bump right. your price down probably about half. Yeah, or or at least least half. Yeah, yeah, less than half, and it's just going to be served in a traditional glass cocktail glass. And, it, you know, it's not going to be a traditional one because it's coming from a different galaxy. But you do not get the mug to take home and the drink's much cheaper.
1: Right, right. Um, then I had the Bespin Fizz. So like I said before, it's like you look down the bar and you're like, what's that? It's so cool. Um, so this drink is Bacardi Superior Rum, yuzu, yuzu Puree, Pomegranate Juice, White Cranberry Juice, and a Cloud Swirl. So it has... It's a special glass where there's dry ice at the bottom, and it sections it off so it doesn't float up into your drink. But the dry ice makes the whole drink um, carbonate, and so it's popping. And like you will set it down on the bar or the table, and it is like rocking back and forth. You're scared it's about to fall over because it's it's alive.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the drinks especially really cool because they do put that cloud swirl in it. So it's just like this always moving and it's just a very cool looking drink.
1: Yeah. And it's like kind of sparkly.
0: Yep. It's a very awesome drink and it tastes delicious.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Now your dad, he got the jet juice and it was very funny because multiple, it was multiple jet, juices, right. <laughs> but it was very funny because it comes out in such a small glass because it's actually the strongest drink in the cantina. Yep. And he was like, whoa, why is there so big? And mine so small. And they said, well, because this is the strong, I can't remember exactly what they say, but they've got a whole spiel for it. And it's the strongest drink in the galaxy. Right. And that is Maker's Mark Bourbon, Ancho Reyes Chili Liqueur, Stirring's Pomegranate Liqueur, White Grape Juice, and Lemon Juice. And I mean, I tried it and it's it's awesome. It definitely does have that bourbon flavor, but I wouldn't say it's so overwhelming that if you didn't like bourbon or if you aren't like an average bourbon drinker that it wouldn't make you like this drink. I think it was just subtle enough to where you can taste it and you can appreciate it, but it wasn't overpowering. Right.
1: I'm not really a big, um, dark liquor person. So I did try it and it wasn't necessarily like my thing, but I could appreciate it. It was still really good.
0: And now something to note about the cantina and some people hate it. Some people love it. I, I think it's kind of like a 50 50 for me, but overall I do love it. All of these cocktails are pre-made, so they're pouring them from a tap, right? So it's not like the bartender... The reason I don't like that is because I do like watching a bartender work, and I think that's a whole part of the experience of going to a bar. But the reason I love this is because the drinks are just as good every single time you go back.
1: Right. And they can't like pour different amounts of alcohol in there. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And so whenever like I'm thinking of the fuzzy tauntaun in my mind right now, I know that the next time I go to the cantina, it's going to taste the exact same. And I love that about it. The drinks are always so good.
1: Absolutely.
0: So from there, we did go to the second showing of Fantasmic. I know we kind of messed that up, but that's all right. We did go to the second showing of Fantasmic. We stumbled our way there after being in the cantina and it was awesome. And then we made our way back home and we were ready for our final day in the parks.
1: Which was Epcot and Magic Kingdom.
0: So I did wake up at 6.58 to try and secure a virtual queue for Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. And we did a little pro tip about this, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later on. But use the world clock on one cell phone and have the app pulled up on the other. Now, there's a little bit different techniques for every single person. Everybody does it a little bit differently. But what I do is I'm watching that world clock. And the reason you watch the world clock is because you can see the seconds on it. And so as soon as you see that the clock hits 7 a.m., Immediately refresh and book that reservation, and I, doing that, I've never missed a reservation for any kind of virtual queue after doing that world clock hack.
1: And let's talk about the stress that comes behind it.
0: Oh yes, I am like a I. I used to wake up at six fifty. But I realized like, that's just ridiculous because I'm pacing for like 10 (laughs) minutes, just like walking around, just like constantly checking like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. First
1: first thing in the morning. Yeah, I know. It's like underwear, walking outside. (laughs) I I got two bars now.
0: I know, I know. Now, another tip is do not be on Walt Disney World Wi-Fi because everybody else is going to be on it and it's going to probably slow you down. So what you need to do is check like before 658, maybe like the night before. Walk around your room, find where you get the best service. If you have to go outside, go outside, find where you get the best service, and use your cellular data instead of the Wi Fi, just because it's probably going to be faster. So, yep. we were lucky enough to get a reservation at Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Can't remember exactly what time it was, but we were already up so early that we decided that we wanted to rope drop Epcot. Now, because we were staying at the Swan and Dolphin, we went, we walked there. Because it is about a 15-minute walk there as well. And we entered through the International Gateway, which is kind of like the quote-unquote back entrance to Epcot.
1: Which, side note, there was a slight debate to see which route around the lake was faster to get from the Swan and Dolphin to International Gateway. And they're almost exactly the same.
0: Almost. If you walk the boardwalk route, it's 0.49 miles. If you walk the Yacht and Beach Club route, it's 0.51 miles.
1: So if you want an extra point 0.2. Z-
0: point zero 0.02.
1: Point zero 0.02 miles. You know, that's that's your difference there.
0: It is. It's a game changer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Another two steps.
0: That's right. So we, we did go in and rope drop, and this was early entry. So the way that they do it is... You can go through security. You can tap into the park and they'll pretty much let you go up to the bridge that will take you to France or all the way through the United Kingdom, right up to where that little outside theater is Canadian stage. Yeah. The Canadian stage. Exactly. And so we decided that, well, we really actually didn't realize that your brother had never ridden Remy's Ratatouille adventure. And we kind of like frozen a little bit more. So we decided that we wanted to rope drop frozen. And that was the best choice ever. Because
1: we were the first people in line, first people on the boats traveling to Norway.
0: It was, well, traveling to Arendelle.
1: Arendelle, sorry, sorry.
0: Yes, it was awesome. We were literally the first ones of the day to ride it. And we had the entire boat to ourselves because I was speed walking and I forced Jonathan and Christy to keep up. And so it was Awesome.
1: I'm shaking my head, but I guess it was worth it.
0: It was totally worth it, just to be able to say like you were on a ride in Walt Disney World, you were the first person of the day to ride it. Like that's pretty cool. That that's that's true. That's really cool. <laughs> All right, that that's like a feather in my cap for me. So.
1: Oh boy! Well, I mean, I took a video of you speed walking, and it's just it's stupid because you are walking so fast. I I turn around and try and get videos of people like the mob behind us and you were like already gone. (laughs) So
0: obviously it works obviously. So speed walk people. It definitely pays off.
1: Book it, book it, book it.
0: Now, after we got off of frozen ever after all of the countries, because it was so early, it was still that early entry time for the Walt Disney world resort guests that none of the countries and their shops really were open yet just because technically the park was not open yet. So we decided that after talking to Jonathan, we were like, Oh my gosh, you've never ridden Remy's Ratitude adventure. Well, we got to go do it.
1: Jonathan's my brother, by the way, for those who haven't been paying attention. I don't know if we've mentioned that before.
0: Yeah. So he's like, I've never ridden it. So I was like, okay, well we got to go do it. So we hop in line and it was, it was a little bit of a lengthy wait because by the time we got in line and like kind of got halfway through, The park did open and now all those people with lightning lanes were coming through and that definitely will slow the line down a lot. And unfortunately, this line's queue isn't the greatest. There's not a lot to kind of like look at. So it it definitely, it does feel like a longer wait.
1: And I, I do think that we did wait for a good hour and a half, two hours almost. I think so too. So that wasn't too fun, but it was okay.
0: I, th- I think the ride's awesome. I think it's a great thing in addition to Epcot to where it can bring that younger crowd in because I know so many people say, oh, well, Epcot's not for kids. Well, really it is. You know, it, it's definitely a little bit more... It's definitely a little bit more themed for adults in the aspect of World Showcase right. and drinking around the world and all the restaurants, but there's so much for kids to do there.
1: And there is opportunity for you to get like maybe a little crepe or something and hop back in line. If you can rejoin your party. Um, and that at that point, like Cam said, nothing was open. So we had might as well go ride another ride, even if we were waiting in line.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was great. I mean, I always loved that ride and I just, honestly, I think my favorite part about the entire Ratatouille expansion that they did there is just kind of like seeing the sights and hearing that music. Like, I could just sit on a bench and just look at that fountain and just kind of people watch and listen to the vesting. Like Ratatou- yeah, listen to the ratatouille soundtrack because it's just it's just so calming and relaxing and I truly feel like I'm embarrassed.
1: Yeah, and there's a really fun photo pass right there. Um Cam and I have a couple of photos and when I went with my friend Kelly in October we took a few. So they of course do their little magic shots and add Remy in there and stuff like that.
0: So after we got off of Remy's Ratatouille adventure, we were we were feeling pretty hungry because we did rope drop so we necessarily didn't eat a big breakfast on the way there just because it was so early. And so we decided to explore some of the food booths that were part of the Festival Festival of the Holidays.
1: Yes, yeah, so and my parents had had a casual morning as well, so they were just kind of waiting on a bench at their coffee, enjoying the like we said, ambiance of the area as they were just waiting on us to finish the ride.
0: So our first food stop we made, it was in Italy. And it was at the Tuscany Holiday Kitchen in Italy. And there we got the tortellini in Brondo. And this probably was our least favorite one that we got.
1: (laughs) You could slurp it down in one bite.
0: So it is served in this small kind of like plastic, almost like soup can. And it's got a little bit of tortellini in it, and we definitely devoured that thing in about 30 seconds.
1: Yeah, so imagine like a can of tuna that's kind of about the size that it was comparatively. So you can imagine it really was not enough food, especially for two people to split.
0: But after that, we had a total gem of a find in mm. Germany at the Bav-
1: Bavaria Holiday Kitchen. Thank
0: you. <laughs> Where Christy got the cheese fondue in bread bowl. And oh my gosh, that cheese was so good.
1: It was so good.
0: And I had the schnitzel and this was a total win. This was probably the best food that we got at these little holiday mm, kitchen shops.
1: I think Morocco might top it, but.
0: Yeah, Morocco was good. But that cheese fondue. Was so good.
1: Yes. So it was like a bread bowl filled with melted cheese
0: and the cheese was so rich and they also did give you like some side pieces of bread that they yep. cut out from the inside to make the bowl
1: some vegetables and yep. potatoes so it was kind of hearty you know if you were especially if you were drinking around the world that's a really good snack to put yeah. in your system
0: and it paired very well with the schnitzel that i got i mean they the, that combination was just awesome and the cheese was so good like i would drip a little bit on the table and i'm like Oh no. I'm so sad because that's cheese I could have had.
1: (laughs) So it was really good. And honestly, by this time I was getting a little hangry, so it was about time I needed to put something good into my system.
0: It definitely hit the spot. So from there we walked to Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind because it was getting pretty close for our group to be called. We got on and I mean, that ride is always so good. I know we really talked about it a lot in the last episode. But that ride is always so awesome. Every time I get off of it, walking down the stairs, my cheeks hurt so bad because I'm just smiling so much. And it was really fun because this time we were in a car. So it's it's four to a car. So we couldn't ride with your parents and your brother. We had to like split up and I didn't want because there was five of us. I didn't want four people to be in a car and one people to, one person to be left by themselves because I don't want anybody to feel left out. So Christy and I rode together. And behind us was a couple who had never ridden it before. And it was so fun because the girl was just screaming her head off the entire time. And (laughs) and I was doing the same thing. So I I just loved it so much.
1: Which also, by the way, Cam is what we call a woo girl. And so (laughs) like when he says he's screaming on the roller coaster, he's like,
0: woo! Woo!
1: Like just for entertainment, he's not scared or anything. <laughs> he just makes sound to you, make the ride more fun.
0: To me, you can't ride a roller coaster and not express yourself at all. It's wrong.
1: Well, you know, I express myself by going full Titanic,
0: right? right. With
1: my arms spread wide, <laughs> and because you go <laughs> sideways on this roller coaster, omni coaster, yes. um, I'm just kind of swaying. You know, it's. it's- it's fun to,
0: to me. You just, you just got to scream. Like I've ridden expedition Everest <laughs> probably like 40 times, but I, I'm going to scream every time I do it.
1: And cam is loud too. So <laughs> you, you bet you're going to hear him.
0: So the, I mean, that ride is so awesome. And then the, uh, the shop right on the exit. It's so cool. It's got such great collectible items in there, mm-hmm. like all of the different infinity stones. So, and it's got some awesome shirts and jackets. So it's, all of it is just so awesome and I'm so glad to see Marvel, especially Guardians of the Galaxy because I love them so much in Disney World.
1: And a lot of their merch, um, obviously, because Guardians of the Galaxy has a lot of 80s theming to it, has a, a lot of their merch has a lot of 80s style clothing and um, hats and jackets. Which and, is in right now. Yeah, wallets, things like that. That's what the kids are wearing, I right. guess. Um Especially because you know, like Stranger Things and everything, has an influence on that as well. So it's it's a great story, even if you don't love all the collectible items. Um, you got to go check it out.
0: It's it's so much fun. It's definitely the best ride I've ever been on. Now, after we got off Guardians, we went and we purchased the Olaf's Holiday Tradition Expedition Scavenger Hunt. And this was awesome. I think it was like $12.99, $11.99, one of the mm-hmm. two. And what basically what it is, is there's this tiny little, maybe foot tall Olaf statue in each one of the countries all throughout the World Showcase. And he is on a sled and he's got a holiday tradition, little piece of tradition from each country. And you have to find him inside of that country. And I really loved this because I noticed things in each country that I never have before because I was looking so intently and so deeply for Olaf. I was like, wow, like, look, look at this. Like I've never even noticed this before.
1: Right. And some countries were easier to find than others. Oh yeah. We walked around Germany for so
0: long. Yeah. Germany was tough. So by the time that this is out and you're listening to it, it'll be over. It'll be over. So he was in the back of Germany inside of a window where it was like a little toy shop. Yeah, and I window was like, display. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, that is, that is hard. Like we kept looking up because usually he's more elevated right. or he'll be inside of like a little garden. No.
1: Nope.
0: He was in the window and he was really tough to find. But especially with Germany, like I was looking so closely at things that, I, and, and it's details like that, that you just don't notice unless you're doing something like that
1: which is really crazy too because I've been to Epcot so many times and Cam pointed out to me that the castle that's like the background of Germany is actually the castle where, fun fact, Cam and I met in real life in Germany.
0: Yeah, and I don't remember the, ac- the exact name of that castle, but it's it's the castle where it neighbors the Neutchenstein Castle and the Neutchenstein Castle is the castle that they modeled the Sleeping Beauty Castle after. So it's it sits on a mountaintop yep. right next to it. And they mo- that's that's what the ca- they modeled the castle in Epcot after, which is really cool.
1: And you can see it in Soren. Yes, you can. So look out for that. And then the castle, it's like a yellow color off in the distance. That's the one that we're talking about. You can see it in Soren. Yeah,
0: and that is where we met, which is really awesome. And I'm sure in the future we will talk more about that and that whole story because it's a really awesome one.
1: Yeah, maybe in a little get to know you episode.
0: So we did find all of the Epcot. So we did find all of the Olaf's throughout world showcase and it was just, and you do get a little gift, like you get this little map and what happens is on each map, you see a picture of, you've got a sticker that you have to stick all around this circular map. And then it describes the holiday tradition that Olaf is exploring inside of that country. So not only are you looking deeply and having fun doing the scavenger hunt, but you're learning about these countries and some of the traditions that they have at the holiday season. So it was really awesome because you're learning. And I mean, that's what Epcot was all about. It's about learning and exploring and those kind of things, learning new things. And that's exactly what the scavenger hunt is designed for.
1: And we would try and kind of guess and be like, oh, this would make sense for this country. And this would make sense for this country. And a lot of times we were completely wrong.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it it was just really cool because now we know more. and. and you can keep the map when you're done with it. So you can go back and look like, oh, like this is what they do in Mexico for whatever holiday they're celebrating there. This is what they do in Germany. So it's really cool. And it's a great little way to, you know, I'm sure with kids, you can talk about this and say, this is what they do. And it's a little bit different here. And it's just a a great little exploration thing to do.
1: I agree. And speaking of Mexico, um, I'm not going to butcher this name. It is, I got one of the festival items called the Con ch- chinera. Oh, that was bad.
0: That was awful.
1: <laughs> it was a tamal, so like a tamale, and um, it was covered in cheese, and it was so, so good.
0: It was very good. It was very good.
1: And then we wandered around Mexico for a little while, went to that pavilion.
0: Which you have to do when you go to Mexico.
1: Yeah. And. I honestly, I love sun on hell. It's probably one of my favorite restaurants in the world showcase for atmosphere alone. So you kind of get to go enjoy that without, um, having to have a reservation there. And then if you have time, you got to hop on that boat ride as well.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. And so after Mexico walked through China, found Olaf, did some exploring in there, walked through Germany, walked through Italy, all of the countries And then, whenever we were in Morocco, we're like, yep, we're hungry again. So, we stopped at the Tangerine Cafe inside of Morocco and we got the lamb sausage and chickpea salad. And it is so freaking good.
1: We got this kind of over the summer as well. So, I think it is a year round item in that Mm -hmm. cafe. So, whenever you go next, um, if you are trying to figure out where you want to eat and you kind of want a little quick service style, entree of some sort um, the lamb sausage and chickpea salad is really really yummy it
0: is a it is a great option and with this we also got the cider flight I, I'm a big fan of different ciders so we got to try a couple of different ciders from now they, they are we're not from Morocco they're from different parts of the US but still I think it's awesome to try different beers and different ciders like that and just experience the way that people make them a little bit differently and they were all very very delicious.
1: And from there, of course, we kept walking around and made our way to La Creperie de Paris in France and indulged in a hazelnut and chocolate crepe.
0: It was so good. I've actually never had a crepe before that. So I'm really glad. Well, I guess I'm kind of spoiled that that was my first experience because (laughs) it was so, so good.
1: And this was definitely a must-do of my mother. Um, She's got a little bit of a sweet tooth and she, we waited in line. And by the time we, so we got our, we got our crepes at the window and it's located right next to the line of, uh, Remy's Ratatouille. And, um, by the time we walked down that pathway towards the front back towards, you know, the, um, the garden and the fountain right there, my mother had finished it.
0: Yeah. She inhaled it. She
1: (laughs) absolutely inhaled it. Um, but you know, it, it was really good.
0: It was so good. And while y'all were in line, I was like, I think it's time for another drink for me. So I did stop and I got the frozen hot chocolate martini and it was so good. This was vanilla vodka paired with chocolate milk with a whipped cream topping and chocolate drizzle. And it was So, I I mean, as quick as your mom ate that crepe is as quickly as I slurped that frozen martini down because it was just so delicious.
1: Cam is hooked.
0: Yeah. So I 100% plan on going and getting some vanilla vodka and some chocolate milk and experimenting because it was awesome.
1: And it's, you know, it's kind of aesthetic too. It's, an experience on top of the drink itself. Um, so I'm not a really big fan of hot chocolate, and I guess in this case it would be cold chocolate because it's frozen. But it was really good.
0: It was it was so delicious, and I only give you one sip because I wanted the rest of it.
1: <laughs> and if any of you know, um, martinis are small, so it right. it's it's down and you you down it and just very it, quickly, qu- very quickly,
0: very quickly. So after that, we made our way to the UK and Canada where we finally found the last couple Olaf's and I got to meet Mary Poppins. That was cool. I think I told her how beautiful she was like three or four times because I was feeling that martini a little bit. <laughs>
1: Which she was. <laughs> and um, another shout out to Disney Dan Drinkers Club. Um, you got to know who Benny is. B-I-N-N-Y. Benny!
0: That is our mascot for the Disney Dating Drinkers Club, and he is a trash can in Epcot, but we love him so much.
1: Specific trash can.
0: Very specific, and you will have to go join the club to realize and figure out which one it is, because there's only one Benny, and we love him so much.
1: Yes. He's got a couple cousins, like Ben Franklin.
0: Ben Franklin in America. <laughs> in America. Yep.
1: But um, it's, it's always fun. You, know, you kind of get some stares when you take a picture with the trash can. But that's
0: just opens up an opportunity to talk to somebody and yeah. invite them to the day drinkers club.
1: There you go. There you go. Or you might meet some people who are already a member.
0: Oh yeah. If you see people taking pictures with trash can, that you know. is not by mistake.
1: <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> so yeah, we found the Olaf in the UK and we found him in Canada. And after that, we knew that it was time to go back to the room because we had a long night ahead of us.
1: Yes. Um, and don't forget to turn in your little scavenger hunt um, papers because you get a little prize at the end. Each of these little scavenger hunts throughout the year, there is a little prize. And for us, um, you get a little, we'll call it a coin purse.
0: Coin purse, yeah.
1: Um, it's great for kids especially. And so it's, it's fun. I know it's not about the prize. It's kind of about the experience and the journey.
0: And an emphasis on it's for kids because, I mean, it, it is. It's like a cheap little coin purse, which... I do wish even if they had to bump up the cost of the scavenger hunt by a dollar or two, you got some kind of like specialty pin for completing it because pins are like an ornament or an ornament, right? Or a small little ornament, right? I I think that would be, or maybe even give the option to where if you are doing this with kids, yes, they can pick that and that's what they have. But like for us, when are we ever going to use a frozen coin purse?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, I love Olaf. Don't get me wrong, but I don't really plan on using that. I don't even know where it is, if I'm being honest. So
0: But anyways, we were not doing this for the prize because the experience was worth all the money right there. Yes. So, we walked back to our room. We did take the longer route by 0.02 miles. (laughs) And we took the Yacht and Beach Club route. We stopped in their lobbies just to appreciate them because those are both such beautiful resorts.
1: And they have the carousel in the lobby with the gingerbread and chocolate horses.
0: Yeah, that's in the Beach Club lobby. They've got a carousel all made made out of like gingerbread and chocolate. And it, it, it was really awesome to see that. And it works and it's moving around. You're like, oh my gosh, how do they even do this? They're
1: modeled after a bunch of the Disney princesses. And of course, the smell is so delectable.
0: So we stopped back at the hotel room because... Shortly. Very shortly. Because we knew we had a long night ahead of us at the Magic Kingdom. And that is because that was the extended evening hours for deluxe resort guests. So that means that the Magic Kingdom regularly closes at 11 o'clock. But deluxe resort hotel guests get two extra hours in the park, meaning that we could be in the park until 1 a.m. So we did not have long at all to stay at the hotel. Hotel room because we did have a dinner reservation at the Skipper Canteen, which is that is the Jungle Navigation Skipper Canteen restaurant that is in Adventureland. And it is kind of like taking the Jungle Cruise ride and putting it into a restaurant. So we had a reservation there. We were really excited about it. So I think we only had like 20, 30 minutes to get a little bit of shut eye in the room before heading there. So we took a bus. And it worked out perfectly. We were a little bit scared that we'd be a little bit late, but it worked out perfectly to where as soon as we showed up, it was time for our reservation. We got right in and we had a fantastic server. His name was Oswald and we were in the back room and he was just, he was so great.
1: So nice and accommodating and went above and beyond. And he was so, so great.
0: And I mean, all of the cast members at, Disney World are awesome. And all of the servers there are so good. But to us, Oswald just kind of stood out because he was just... I mean, he was so conversational, very, very, very accommodating to us. And he, he was so awesome. So, shout out to Oswald because he just made that experience even better. And we can't wait to go back and request to be seated for With Oswald.
1: Oswald, yes. So, of course, we have to talk about what kind of food we got.
0: And alcoholic beverages because you can now get cocktails inside of restaurants mm. in the Magic Kingdom. You can't take them to go like the rest of the parks because that's just how it is in the Magic Kingdom with all the kids being there and everything. But whenever I ordered, he said, it, whenever he he brought it to the table, he's like, took us 51 years to get this one. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> but I did go with the Golden Haze Margarita. And this was Blanco Tequila with Grand Mariné liqueur, agave syrup, lime juice, and smoked chili bitters. And it was... Awesome. It was delicious. It was so nice to be sitting in Magic Kingdom and be, ordered, be able to order a cocktail.
1: So he definitely ordered a few to kind of load up to go back into the Magic Kingdom world.
0: Right. So we also did go with the sangria. Now, this was very interesting because they had a red sangria and a white sangria. And if you are a fan of sangria, you know that like red is kind of like the go-to and it's a standard. But thanks to Oswald, he warned us. He was like, our red sangria is a little bit different, so I'm going to bring both of them, and I want you to taste them and try them before you order, because I think it will impact the way you order. Now, their red sangria, it was a very cinnamon-based sangria, and the cinnamon was very strong. Mm. Now, me, myself, I am a fan of cinnamon, but like kind of the, the table consensus was that the white was so much better, and it was so good. I've never had white sangria before, and it was awesome.
1: Yeah, and that was my dad's drink of co- drink of choice, so...
0: Yeah, so thanks to Oswald, we, we would have definitely ordered the red sangria and probably be a little bit unsatisfied with it. But instead, we got a couple glasses of the white sangria.
1: So again, he just went the extra mile. And then we can kind of talk about what we got to eat uh I got the curried vegetable crew stew which I, like I said before I was on this kind of vegetarian kick just because I was so full from all the food that we had been eating especially being at Epcot earlier that day I mean we we were eating until probably three o'clock and our dinner reservation was at like 7. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I was pretty full. I wasn't really even hungry, but of course I had to get something. So the curried vegetable crew stew is um, seasonal vegetables and pineapple tofu in a house made curry sauce served with coconut rice. And that was really yummy. The tofu was fried and the jasmine rice or sorry, coconut rice was super flavorful and everything like that. So I really enjoyed my meal.
0: And I went with the hearty, hard char suey pork. This was char suey marinated pork served with seasonal vegetables and Jasmine rice. And it was so delicious. And this was a massive serving size. I had two big pieces of the pork and it was so delicious. And I'm a huge fan of sauce on my food (laughs) and this thing was just covered in sauce. So I was lost in the sauce. I was on cloud nine with this. It was, it was so delicious. And This is kind of one of those restaurants where it is a little bit more of an experimental type of food. So maybe if you've got really picky eaters or if you've got a very sensitive certain palate, this restaurant might not be for you. There are options, but this is definitely a more ethnic kind of experimental restaurant.
1: And there's this dish. It just makes me laugh. It's, it tastes like chicken because it is. And, um, I just thought that was a funny name.
0: Yeah. So, and, and like I said before, this is a continuation of the jungle cruise. So your servers are skippers and they do have that jungle cruise humor Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it's really good. And remember whenever you leave, be careful because it's a jungle out there.
1: (laughs) You got it. So, we did leave, and this is where the sad part of our podcast... Well,
0: it truly was a jungle out there, because whenever we left, the fireworks were going on.
1: Right, right. And
0: it was a jungle out there because of how many people were there after they were over.
1: Yes. So, here's my sad little story. Um, I had been going, 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 and Christy can't go, go, go. So... (laughs) When we got to dinner, I just knew I was not feeling well. I ended up feeling my face. Um, A couple of my family members were like, oh, my gosh, you have a fever. And I just was not feeling well. Um, So we decided that instead of me staying and taking part in those extra magic hours, that my mom and I would go back to the room.
0: Womp womp.
1: So... We started heading out that way while the fireworks were going. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so sad. This is our last night. I can't believe I'm leaving like this. And your girl fell out in some tears. So I was like, Mom, I can't leave. And she's like, oh, it's okay. What do you want to do? And so we pushed through the crowd that was leaving Magic Kingdom after the fireworks back to the hub grass. Where
0: were you at this time?
1: I was all the way at the front.
0: Right. By the by the main gate in the Christmas tree.
1: Yep. Yep. So we pushed back through the crowd. It was pure chaos. It wouldn't have been a good choice to leave during that time anyway, just because of how many people were trying to hop on the bus, the monorail, the ferry, etc. So we ended up pushing through the crowd back and after honestly, a good 10 minutes to just go through main street. Uh, we ended up sitting on the hub grass where cam met me and my mom and we just sat there for a good 45 minutes.
0: Yeah. Probably closer to an hour. So so at the time I was in line for
1: the jungle cruise.
0: No, I was in line for, um, big thunder mountain with your dad and your brother. Oh. And I, I saw the text or I got the call where you're like, we're staying. I'm like, let me go be a good boyfriend and go and stay with her. I I did want to do that. So we stayed there. We just kind of hung out in the hub grass, listened to the Christmas music, looked at the castle. And honestly, that was, that was so great for me. I mean, the hub was empty. So there was maybe just a couple of the people in there. Right. And it was just, it was just so nice. There was all these people leaving. And then once that died down, like it was just so relaxing, just sitting there, listening to the music, just chatting and looking at the castle.
1: Yes. And yeah, because I was exhausted It was good for us to just chill and be there because that's just a wonderful thing about Disney is you don't have to be doing a single thing. You can just be inside the park enjoying the ambiance and the experience of sitting in the hubgrass or walking down Main Street or riding the people mover through Tomorrowland. Like It is just so magical to just be there.
0: Yeah. And with that being said, after y'all left, I was just walking around the shops. I didn't buy a single thing. I was just walking. Cause I'm like, I'm in Disney right now. And, and I was by myself at this point. And that was like the first time I'd ever really been by myself inside of a park. Mm. And so I was just kind of taking it in a little bit differently. I was obviously sad that you weren't there, but I was like, man, this is just, I'm just here. I'm by myself. I was just in my head, singing my Disney songs, walking around,
1: probably not in your head. You were probably humming, probably,
0: them. but just walking around, just being so happy. Cause I'm like, I'm in the most magical place on earth. And also, you know, by that time it was probably close, close oh. to 10 o'clock. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, it's not really worth going and getting in line right now, just because I know in, in an hour, everything's going to have such a short wait. So just walking around, having a good time. Went and hopped on the people mover because it did have like a five not even a five minute wait. I went up the escalator and I got right on. But that was the most interesting experience on the people mover for me because I was stopped for three times and it was it was interesting because I was stuck inside of Space Mountain. And if you've ever ridden the People Mover, you know it is pitch black on that thing when you get in Space Mountain. So luckily they did turn the lights on, but I was actually kind of stuck in a cool spot. I was stuck right where the roller coaster track is like going up. And they're getting ready for the first drop. So I was stuck right there. So I got to see all these people go over. So that was kind of cool. But after I got off that, I saw your brother while I was stuck. Actually, I saw your brother. I was outside at this point and he was getting in line for Space Mountain. So I like called for him and I texted him and we got on Space Mountain right before 11. And I think I waited maybe or no what it was from the time I got in line to the time I got out of the ride back into Tomorrowland. 13 minutes had gone by.
1: Which was just the walk to the ride and the ride
0: basically so in in the walk off. So after that we went and did mine train. I think we waited maybe about, and and at this time it is 11 o'clock. So it's only deluxe resort guests there. And the way that they check that is they have somebody right up front of the queue of the ride and they scan your magic band or your card and make sure that you are a deluxe resort guest. So we went and rode mine train, maybe waited about 15 minutes for that. From there we went and did haunted mansion Literally walk straight on through that. And something to note about the Haunted Mansion, which I was really excited about. I did not think they were going to do it. They did still put you in the stretching room and had that entire pre-show experience, which I was thinking they're just going to have you walk right through because Mm. there were so little people in the parks at this time. But they didn't. They let you experience that. And then we walked straight on to the ride. From there, we did Big Thunder Mountain again, walk straight on. And then we did Pirates of the Caribbean. And all of that got knocked out probably within... 45 minutes maybe. It's amazing. And those are some pretty big ticket rides. So it was it was really awesome. Splash Mountain was closed at that time. I think just because it was so late and so cold. Cold. Right. We we were going to do it, but it was closed. But it it was really awesome. Ended up getting back to the hotel around 1.15, 1.30-ish. Oof. But it was worth it. It totally was worth it. You can knock out so many rides in those two hours just because there is nobody really there riding them.
1: Which definitely, side note, makes us intrigued about the after hours that they're starting to offer now at the parks.
0: Yep. At Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom, you can do a paid event, which is after hours. And we saw the other day where Rise of the Resistance had a five-minute wait. That's crazy. Yeah, that
1: does not exist.
0: No. Whenever we were there, that wait time was up in the 300 minutes. So... Yeah.
1: <laughs> Something that we're definitely going to look into in the future if they're continuing yeah, for to sure. do that.
0: So now we are at our sixth and final day. It's always such a sad day when you wake up knowing you're leaving. But we made up for it because we did have a breakfast reservation at Topolino's Terrace. And this was a character breakfast meal. And it had Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Minnie Mouse, and Daisy.
1: Yes. And I got a full night's sleep and was feeling much better the next day. So that was a big, big, big plus.
0: So we walked over to Hollywood Studios from the room after getting checked out and everything. And we took the Skyliner, which took us to the main Skyliner hub where we then got off and got on another one. And it took us to the Riviera, which is such a beautiful resort. And then we took the elevator all the way to the top. And we were ready for our breakfast at Topolino's. And it was awesome.
1: It was really, really yummy. Um, There were so many different food options. And what we noticed as well, like obviously it's a really hard reservation to get. Like when Cam even looked 60 days out, there was only a reservation for two people. So he jumped on that opportunity. Sorry, my family. But it was it was really, really awesome. The there weren't many tables. Like there was a lot of open space, right. which probably contributed to the like lack of reservation opportunities. Yep.
0: And I mean, you have to have that whenever you have a character dining experience. Yes, it's got to be spread out. You can't have tables on top of one another because the characters are coming through and hugging and taking photos with everything. So it totally makes sense.
1: And dancing.
0: And dancing and singing. Yes. But I mean, the restaurant was so beautiful. The chandeliers are amazing. Whenever you get up there and get off the elevators, you can see the refrigerators just full of all the different types of pastas and all the wine. It's just, it's very, very awesome.
1: It's a great atmosphere.
0: So you do start out with a basket of pastries. And we noticed that the croissant that we had definitely was the best with the raspberry dipping sauce. And it was just, that jam was so good.
1: Yes. So it also came with like this chocolate sauce and just plain old butter. Um and the chocolate sauce was kind of probably like a Nutella style like the hazelnut yeah. spread. It,
0: it was a little bit it was a little bit more airy than like hazelnut, so it was a little bit easier to spread, but the raspberry was definitely the best and that's coming from somebody who would always pick chocolate over raspberry.
1: <laughs> so we definitely ate all of that and of course it came with other pastries like Muffins and chocolate
0: chip muffins yeah.
1: rolls and mm-hmm. croissants, things like that, so but we didn't want to fill up on all the pastries, so we kind of sampled everything uh and you can so a big thing about topolinos is you can order whatever you want off this menu, and it is the same price
0: right it is a prefix price
1: so don't feel like you're stuck with one item. You can order a few different things. So Cam and I got completely different items. I started with the quiche, um, made pancetta, roasted potatoes, field greens, and lemon vinaigrette, along with two eggs, any style, with roasted potatoes, served with a choice of smoked bacon, ham sausage, or plant-based sausage. So I am a bacon gal, so I definitely got the bacon and... Let me tell you this food was so good, and we had a late brunch kind of reservation, so
0: strategically playing that way I mean, I say that, but that 's the only option, but it was very good to where then we could wake up and have a very big appetite whenever we 're ready to eat
1: yes, and with like a breakfast versus lunch situation i wasn't i didn 't feel obligated to only get breakfast food because. We were so close to lunchtime, and that would have really been our lunch before we left. So, the fact that it came with like a salad and the quiche and things like that, it made it definitely more of a brunchy style entree for me.
0: And so, I went with the wood fired butchered steak, which is polenta, tomatoes, roasted onions, wild mushroom, and watercress. And I had that cooked medium rare, and it was so delicious. I Also, for my second choosing, I had the sour cream waffle, and this is what our waitress recommended, and it was so delicious. It had roasted apple, orange maple syrup, and it was served with the choice of smoked bacon, ham sausage, or plant-based sausage. And this waffle, let me tell you, it was just the most fluffy waffle, in it, and with the apple on top, it was just so good. <laughs> I mean, that that waffle was probably one of the best ones I've ever had.
1: Not to replace, of course, the Mickey waffles. We do
0: love the Mickey waffles, but this one definitely tastes a lot better. Right. So
1: I think a big thing of this trip has been waffles. I think so. You're right. Yeah. Lots of waffles. Wow.
0: And then I also did go with the Riviera Bloody Mary. And this was Grey Goose vodka with spicy Bloody Mary mix. And it was served with a piece of bacon and an olive. And it was so delicious. Definitely not for Christy.
1: It was disgusting.
0: It was delicious. (laughs) Obviously different palettes. We have different choices. I love tomatoes. So it It, was, it was so good.
1: It was like drinking a spicy glass of tomato juice.
0: It was awesome.
1: So if you like that stuff, then go for it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we got some amazing experiences with all the different characters, got some beautiful photos. I mean, artist Mickey is just about the cutest doggone thing I've ever seen.
1: He is. He's so cute. And I love interacting with the characters. I'm so glad that we get to do that um, compared to like a couple years ago. And so it made this experience so much better.
0: It was, it was so good. And I can't wait to go back there with little children. And because I know it, they would just love it so much. So the, the Riviera is also amazing. And Topolino's Terrace is definitely in my top five restaurants. So now we just have to go back for dinner.
1: Yes. Agreed.
0: So, from there, we did take a bus from the Magic Kingdom and we hopped on the monorail because we wanted to hit up the Magic Kingdom resorts. So, we stopped in the Contemporary, the Polynesian, and the Grand Floridian, just walked around, experienced the lobbies, walked through the shops, just got the whole atmosphere there because they're all so amazing.
1: Yes. And um, because Topolinos Terrace was out of my favorite beverage of all time. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: We had to go get some. Um, we went to the Polynesian and got ourselves some pog juice
0: and the pog juice is so awesome. I think it's pomegranate orange and guava. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And that that's sounds what, about right. And that's what spells out pog. But we had to order this from the bar at Ohana because Ohana was already closed and everything. But what we noticed is that ordering it from the bar, it was a different pog juice right. than what we usually get in Ohana or anywhere else you would get it. This one had a much, uh,
1: uh, it, it was it, kind of thicker. It was, it was
0: thicker because I, I want to say they probably used like the bar syrups inside right, of it, right. which I loved. I thought it was way better coming from the bar.
1: It wasn't as kind of fresh like you want fresh juice to be it obviously paired well with like a cocktail. So the fact that we got it non-alcoholic, it was very evident that you could kind of taste that simple syrup or whatever it was in there, which, and it was really good. It was really good. It satisfied my need to get pog juice.
0: Yeah, it, it was so good. So definitely like maybe in the future, whenever we go there, I might ask for a pog juice from the bar because I do think it is different.
1: Good thinking.
0: From the grand, grand Floridian we took the monorail to the Magic Kingdom where we hopped on a ferry boat to go check out the Wilderness Lodge and this place at Christmas time is just so magical.
1: It's got the tree and I mean
0: a massive tree.
1: <laughs> it's and so in the future as well like Cam and I want to become Disney Vacation Club members and we probably want to make this our home resort and that's just because it feels so homey and comforting and cozy and that grand lobby is just jaw-dropping.
0: It really is. And honestly, this place at Christmas is awesome, but this is kind of another resort that feels almost like Christmas all the time, just with the fireplace, with all the wood everywhere. It is just, it is so picturesque and it is so perfect.
1: And all the running water that literally goes through the hotel all the way down the mountain. (laughs) into the pool. Um, so it's, it's such a pretty, 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 pretty resort.
0: It's awesome. So we highly recommend that you just take one day out of your trip to Disney world and experience the resorts because they are just second to none.
1: And, you know, of course, the Magic Kingdom resorts are all really easy to get to because they're so close together. If you wanted to, you could walk to all of them. You could take the monorail. You can take ferry boat, things like that.
0: Extremely accessible.
1: And, of course, the Epcot Hollywood Studios hotels are the same way.
0: So needless to say, this was an absolutely amazing trip. I can't wait for our next one. And I'm just so thankful for your parents and your family. This was so awesome to be back there with them. And I just am so glad that we went because we just made so many more memories. And that's that's just how Disney is for us. It's just the greatest place for amazing memory making.
1: I agree. I had a really, really great time. Of course, spending time with my family was really fun. Having Cam join along was fantastic. And I really can't wait to go back and experience it with not only Cam or my family, but all of our other friends and You know, maybe bring our little godson as well. So, one day, maybe we can make that happen. All right. So, you guys, make sure to follow us on social media at thedisney.buzz for more content and a behind-the-scenes look at the show.
0: And be sure to share this with your friends and family so they can stay updated on the latest Disney buzz, too.
1: And that's it for now.
0: We'll see you real soon.